everyone doing tonight? Good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <clears throat> All right, so how many of you were here last night? Awesome. You came back. That's a good sign. <laughs> how many of you were not here last night? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Welcome, welcome. How many of you are just not going to raise your hand no matter what I say or do? <laughs> Perfect. <sighs> All right, well, I, I really have just a few... A few simple thoughts for you guys tonight, and then I want to move into a time of kind of ministering to you guys, and I feel like um, I would like to give a, a few words to folks individually, and I'm going to have the team come up in a little bit and prophesy over you guys some, and we're just going to kind of, we're just going to kind of flow from there if you guys are okay with that. Is that okay? Cool. cool. Um, and I... This is a conversation that I've really just started having with myself. Um, I've had versions of this conversation for a long time, but it's, it's one that I feel kind of bubbling up to the surface again. And so this, this, this little bit here isn't really so much a message as it is a really just a thought for you to take back to God and start thinking about. Um, I, I had this... Um, I'm going to tell kind of a more full story around this, uh, probably on Sunday. Um, I remember this one time, I, I was just in worship, and it was a moment of, we were, we were all just kind of singing our own song, prophetically singing, and you know, I, I, I was in there, and we were worshiping, and the music was going, and I wasn't really thinking about what I was singing, you know, I was just, um, I was just singing what came to mind, you know, because that's, that's what you're supposed to do for prophetic worship, right? And so, I... I was just singing, you know, more of you, God, I want more of you, and everyone's singing in tongues around me, and it's this lovely moment, and, you know, more of you, God, I just want more of you, and then as soon as I kind of paused for a second, I, clear as a bell, I heard the Holy Spirit respond, which I wasn't really expecting, <laughs> more of you, God, I want more of you, and then I heard the Holy Spirit say, then you're going to have to change. And there was a slight pause. <laughs> and then I heard him say, because the way that you are, there's no more room for me. Mm. And, it, and it, that, that sounds harsh. The tone of it and the, the feeling that came with it wasn't, wasn't a condemning one. <laughs> and it didn't feel like you have to change your character necessarily. It didn't feel like you have to do this or do that. We talked a lot about that last night. What it felt like was you have to change the way that you think because the way that you currently think doesn't have room for any more of God's goodness. And I just want to throw a couple of thoughts at, at you guys. Um, the Bible tells us that God is better than we think. He says he's he wants to give us more than we could ask think or imagine. He wants to give us stuff that's above, that's beyond. Even the word holy means, means set apart, means bigger than, means, means you know, it's, it's this connotation of something that's bigger than you can understand. And what that means is that if we want more of God, then we're going to have to change the way that we think. Then we're going to have to make more room. We're going to have to expand the way that we think. And there's these few areas in life where I, I, I'm starting to feel that spot in myself that needs to change. Like, for example, what, what do we do when 
we strongly disagree with a decision that someone's making? How do we respond to that while holding what we believe to be important and true in one hand, but also holding love in the other hand? How do we approach and engage that situation without letting go of one or the other? And in my experience, it's very difficult to do that. We do one of two things typically, is either we say, and I think this is maybe the traditional church approach oftentimes, is, well, you're doing something wrong, and I love you, but that's wrong, so let me put this down and, you know, let me let, me let you have it for a minute, because it's more important that you get this stuff right than if you feel good about it, you know? And then, there, that's the mindset anyway. Now, I think in the last few years, it's almost shifted the other way, and I would say in a kind of unhealthy version of the other way where we come to a point where people are doing things that we may not agree with, where there's situations, maybe there's, there's maybe it's political, maybe it's whatever else. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm really not addressing anything specifically. There's lots of things this applies to, though, where, um, where that happens, and the, we've seen the negative impact that has from setting love down and just beating people over the head with the law. And so instead, we set down the fact that we believe that that's wrong and just come in what we believe is love and say, oh, that's okay, oh, I love you, and we don't stand up for that truth anymore, <laughs> you know? Which isn't really a full picture of what love is. Because in a real loving relationship, I, I show up with my thoughts, opinions, and ideas, you know? I mean, you don't... <laughs> You don't need to talk to a marriage counselor for more than five minutes to find out that if you go too long without regularly having your deep thoughts, opinions, and ideas present in your marriage for disconnection to start happening, because we're, we're built to need to share that stuff with people, right. especially people that we love. <laughs> and so, how do we do that? How, do, how does God absolutely love someone who's living completely in opposition to everything that he is and not set down either standard. Because he's better than we think. Because there is a goodness that can completely love but not lower the standard one bit. We need to expand our mind. We need to expand our heart. We need to make more room for him in our lives. The same goes with caring and the way that we approach our family and, and the life situations. You know, God cares more. I, I'll use kids in a, as an example because it's a really good one. You know, it's interesting. I didn't, I didn't think that I really dealt with fear very much in general. I, I dealt with it a lot when I was younger, and I overcame a lot of that stuff. And I, you know, got into my adult life, and I felt, I felt pretty brave. I felt pretty bold. I felt, you know, pretty secure. I felt like I could, it was easy to trust God. And then I had my first baby. And this whole realm of possibility of things that could go wrong just entered into my life. I had, I had very healthy kids, and you know, that was, as far as all that goes, it went really, really well. But just this, oh my goodness, the, my liability just went through the roof, if you want to look at it that way. You know, the, the potential for pain in my life just greatly expanded. The potential for love also greatly expanded. But man, the, the, the potential for me to get hurt just really, really grew. And then they started moving and being able to be a, get out of my sight and have, start having ideas and opinions about what they should do. And it's only getting worse, I'm telling you. <laughs> and, 
I'm, I'm bumping up against this realization that you know, I think everyone in here would agree that God, God loves our kids more than we ever could. He loves and cares about our children more than we could, even, even, the, even the, the amazing deep connection and love and adoration that you feel, your, feel for your kids. God, he loves them even more. Yet somehow, he's never worried about them even once. And that is not to the detriment of his care for them. That is, he does not have to lower his care to not be worried. In our minds, those things are almost intrinsically attached to each other, you know, where I care so much and so therefore I worry about this, about that, about this situation, about that situation. Yet somehow God cares completely, yet there's not one drop of fear or worry in him. How is that possible? Because he's better than we think. Because he has a gift of goodness that is greater than what we've experienced so far. Does that make sense? I'm going to expand on this further in some of these other areas, um, pro- again, probably on Sunday, but as Christians, and that, that term means little Christ, as, as representatives of who Jesus is and what he did, it's our job to show the world what God's goodness looks like. And if we want to be true representatives of God's goodness in every situation, then we're going to have to change. We're going to have to think differently. And that, you know, just as we talked about last night, it's not, I think we've made the mistake of making that an external process. A process of, well, that being good means you don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and do this, do this, do this. Now, if, you, if we, we could probably come up a list of those kinds of things that we would all agree with and say that, hey, those are good things to do and those are not good things to do, but that's not the problem. Goodness, God's goodness is better than what you do. That's what Jesus said when he came. You know, it's funny, one of my old youth pastors used to say, like, people seem to think that Jesus made, made um, the law easier when he came. It's like, no, he made it way harder. He said, you've heard it said that you're not supposed to murder anyone. I'm telling you, you shouldn't even hate anyone. Right. You've heard it said that you should not, not have an affair, that you should not, not have an affair with anyone. I'm telling you, even if you ha- have a lustful thought about someone, you've already committed that adultery in your heart. Made it way harder. If you're looking at it as external parameters. So now I can't even think about anything. <laughs> no, he, he wasn't making the external controllers more strict. He was pointing out the fact that he's not looking for external control, but internal change. <laughs> You know, that, that he w- is offering a transformation that makes you not want to lash out in anger and hate when, when there is offense, that would make you not want to look at someone in a lustful or inappropriate way, a way that would, that uh, he wanted to change the way that you think so fundamentally that all that stuff's not really an issue anymore. You know what I'm saying? And so... I think if, if goodness was an external job in your life, then I want to encourage you to step into the conversation of the, what it looks like to transform on the inside. 
to transform my value system, to transform from the inside out. And I, I'm, I wanted to start, to have you guys start thinking about that before we talk about that more on Sunday, just because I just feel that we're stepping into a season and stepping into a moment where the church is going to have more and new chances to represent the goodness of God to the world. And I want to I wanna hit this uh, just a little bit harder before we move in. I, um, I remember I, when I was 22 years old, I went on a ministry trip with Bill Johnson, and I was a second-year student at the School of Ministry in Reading. And when you're in second year, you get the opportunity to travel with different people that travel and be part of the ministry team. And so I was part of the ministry team. And when we arrived at this particular church, one of the leaders called me on the phone and said, hey, you know, could you come prophesy over this guy? And I said, sure, you know, what's the, what's the situation? And he said, well, this guy, he, um, he's uh, just woken up out of a coma. He was in a, a coma for 30 days, and he just woke up yesterday, actually. And, you know, we need you to come prophesy over him. And unfortunately, his, his wife and his three daughters passed away in the car accident that put him into a coma. And they've already had the funeral and already been buried, and he just found out because he just woke up. We need you to come prophesy. <laughs> and, you know, it was funny because even, even though I could feel the weight of that circumstance, I was actually shocked to find in that moment that I was not at all scared that God wasn't going to speak. And that's not because I'm awesome, an awesome prophetic dude. In that moment, my memory immediately flashed back to when I was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. My mom dragged me to a prophetic class at our church that I didn't want to go to, and I learned about the prophetic. And my mom got so jazzed about the prophetic after that class that every time that we would drive to our church, we lived about 45 minutes away from the church. We'd go there three, four times a week because my parents were on staff. And every single time, 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back, my mom would challenge us kids, hey, let's see how many prophetic words we can get before we get home. And it was, it was honestly just kind of a car game at first, you know. It's just like, I spy or prophecy? One of the, you know, <laughs> what do you want to do? <laughs> and... Um, and so we just did that, and it, you know, sometimes it, it went really well, sometimes it was difficult, and you know, sometimes I, we did, it was really easy, sometimes it wasn't. It, was, you know, it must have been the Holy Spirit, because my mom is a really easygoing person, but she, she pushed, you know, she, she challenged us. She said, all right, the exit's five miles away, let's get, let's get four prophetic words before we make it to the exit. I'm like, Mom, I can't do that. And she said, yes, you can. And I would try it, and I could. <laughs> and I realized in this moment of, oh man, they just asked me to step into a very scary situation, a very hurt, painful situation in someone's life, and to be a person who is representing the goodness of God in that moment. And I was, I was genuinely surprised to find that I was not scared, and I immediately realized it's not because I'm a super brave guy or a super awesome prophetic guy. It's because I heard his voice 10,000 times when it didn't matter that much if I got it right or wrong. <laughs> when it was just kind of a game that was not that different from I Spy at, at that point. <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm not saying that to be... Uh, to, to belittle the experience of hearing God's voice. I'm saying it that way to let you know that you have that much freedom to practice and try and experiment and make mistakes and have a growth experience in the way that you hear God. And 
If we want to be the voice of God's goodness when that moment comes, whether it's a, uh, a personal moment like that or something bigger, we need to make sure that our, our lamps are full of oil before that moment comes, you know? There's this really interesting um, passage of scripture where, where Jesus, uh, the disciples bring a demon-possessed person to Jesus, and they say, hey, you know, we're trying to cast this one out, and it's, it's not a going. <laughs> That's the, the country version of <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but I've been living in Georgia too long. Anyway, um, so, and Jesus says, you know, oh, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. And he does something interesting. He prays, the demon comes out immediately, and, you know, he, and he prays immediately, and the demon comes out. So, you know, Jesus set the record for the shortest fast <laughs> in human history because it was about probably eight seconds between when he said that and cast the demon out. And, you know, I, and th- th- that always kind of seemed strange to me until I th- had this thought of, oh, Jesus lived a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, so he showed up to that encounter with that person with a full tank, (laughs) if you will. And so, again, I I don't want to get so externally focused that we are just filling up our tank so that we may serve others better, because honestly, that puts things out of balance as well. We need to fill ourselves up with God's presence, fill us up with comfort and familiarity with his voice for our own sake and for his own sake. Because if we do it just for others' sake, then it becomes an outside job again. (laughs) It becomes something that you're supposed to do. But if instead we do it just for the sake of him, then we get to give out of our overflow. We get to give out of our excess. We get to give not out of, oh, this is all I've got, (laughs) you know, but we get to give out of the overflow of our relationship with him. And then it's really easy to be demonstrators of his goodness rather than people who just talk about his goodness. Because if, it's, if, if this growth of relationship is internal just be, and only, you're only doing it because of the value that it adds to you and the value that he has for it, then it's, it's really in you. It's not something that you do, it's something that you are. Does that make sense? And so I just, I just feel prophetically, both on the small scale and the large scale, I feel like the church is coming into a time we will have the opportunity to publicly be representatives of the goodness of God. And, you know, we all, we all go on the Facebook from time to time, and I've seen lots and lots of chances to be representatives of the goodness of God, where the church is occasionally... Uh, struck out a little bit, sometimes terribly. (laughs) And if we want to do that stuff, we need to be more acquainted with his goodness. We need to know what it is to hold truth and what is right and also love at the same time. We need to learn how to do those things. We need to learn how to respond out of love even when there's strong disagreement and still disagree, but also not let go of love in our disagreement if we want to change the world. <laughs> All right. And so with that, I, I'm going to move into a time of ministering towards you guys just because I am, um, I feel like it's just a time of, of culti- cultivating this stuff. And I feel like uh, prophetic words are just a, a wonderful way to just be an, an ad into the, 
the ongoing conversation that we all have with God, the ongoing conversation about what God's doing to us and through us, and and just just the the ongoing conversation of the glory to glory journey in each of our lives. And so um, I'm going to pick out a few individuals. I'm going to have the team come up in just a moment and, and pick out a few individuals. And we, we may shift you know, in, uh, styles a little bit as we, as we go on. But even if you don't get picked right away or you don't get picked at all, um, still pay attention for, for two reasons. Um, one, because prophetic, when God speaks, he, he does a lot more than one thing at a time. <laughs> And if someone is receiving a word and something is coming alive in your heart while they're receiving that word, that is God letting you know that that word is for you also. (laughs) And you are perfectly allowed to receive that for yourself as well and to receive the the benefit and the value and the impartation that comes with that word. So pay attention in that regard. But also pay attention because the, the... the works that God is doing through all of us are not just a a little pinhole here, there, and everywhere. It's, a, it's something that goes between us and God, but also goes between us and each other. And when you hear a prophetic word, you, are, you have just encountered a moment of hearing how God thinks about that person and how what God's plans look for that person. And that's something, whether you know that person intimately, know that person at a distance, or, or what, anywhere in between, that is an opportunity for you to be a reminder of what God has said about their life, to, to, to be a propellant for what God has done in their life, and to be a participant in what God has, is doing in their lives in, in, in more ways than you might suspect. I, um, I recently uh, became the, the, the director of the Bethel Atlanta School of Supernatural Ministry, which is exciting. And as I was making some staffing decisions, as I was uh, ma- you know, kind of put it, putting people in place and, and listening to the Holy Spirit about who went where, I had all these prophetic words that had been spoken over these people pop into my mind. And words that, I had, that someone else had given that I hadn't thought about in a long time, all of a sudden it popped into my mind. All of a sudden I was reminded of this word. I was like, oh yeah, they do carry that. Maybe I should give them a chance to do that, you know? Maybe I should see if, you know, if they fit in that spot. Maybe I should talk to them and see if they're still thinking about that, you know? And the, the, the Holy, when God speaks, it's, it's f- both foretelling and foretelling. It's not just saying, hey, this is going to happen. Sometimes it's the same creative power that he used, the same breath that he used to create the ground that you're standing on right now. And it is actually creating possibility in your life. And so receive it that way and receive it that way if you're listening in. The last thing I'll say, and I know I'm kind of hitting this hard, but I really want um, you guys to continue to develop a listening ear. Every single time that, that God speaks, whether it's through someone preaching, whether it's in worship, whether it's something you hear yourself, or whether it's someone else sharing it, it's an opportunity to develop an even deeper understanding of how your father thinks. And that directly accelerates your ability to have an even more deep and even more personal relationship with him. That momentum directly applies to you being able to have a, a more full understanding of who he is and have a more full conversation with him. Does that, does that make sense? The more that we acquaint ourselves with the way that God thinks, the easier it is to hear his voice. The easier it is to hear it when there's a lot of other stuff going on. 
you know? So again, I hope I've made enough preamble because I can just do some more if we want to, but there we go. Uh, Bethel Atlanta students, why do you guys come on up here for a quick minute? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. All right. And uh, why don't you guys introduce yourself with just uh, what, they all just graduated recently, which is exciting, yes. And so why don't you guys just introduce yourself with your name and what year you just graduated real quick so that everyone can be acquainted with you. I'm Roger. Oh, you guys hear me? Yep. You guys hear me? Yep. I'm Roger. I just graduated out of the third year, so. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Tammy, and I just graduated third year. Mm -hmm. My name is Rasan. I just graduated out of second year. Awesome. I'm Darlena, and I just graduated second year. I'm Jenna, and I just graduated third year. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> cool. So um, I'll go ahead and get started. And guys, you know, we can just kind of, one person each, just kind of get a prophetic word, and we'll just shift around as we go. So, oh, you're a professional. <laughs> you can go ahead and get started if you want to. <laughs> I'll just do one at a time, and then we'll rotate, okay. but then you can jump on here. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start with the biggest guy in the house. I'm going to start with the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a word turning for you since I walked in um, the doors of your church. The first word that I heard was maximizer. I'm sure you've heard the term maximize your full potential. I feel like that that's what the Lord has gifted you with is being able to maximize the full potential of every area that you've ever, um, that you ever take on. I heard you were a, a former businessman, and um, I assume that you maximize your potential in that area. But what the Lord wants you to know is that he doesn't want you to measure the maximizing by numbers. Because um, if you think of it this way, you know, some people maximize their full potential physically by climbing Mount Everest. But the part, when you get to Mount Everest, you don't see a lot of people there because not everybody wants to go there. Not everybody's interested in maximizing their full potential, even know what that means. So don't, max, don't measure the success of your ministry by how many people are with you when you get to the top. So also for the house, um, yesterday when we first came in, I just saw like a staircase. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So, and all of a sudden the staircase turned, all these stairs went flat. And it was more like a conveyor belt. So what you've been, what it's took work and what it's taken time to do is fixing to be just accelerating. You're, you're gonna be on a fast track to grow and acceleration, and just a training ground. I just see like, you know, fruit, flowers, like just blossoming all around this place. Um, I saw, I was sitting in the, um, the uh, class this morning and I was looking around at your pictures and I actually saw it when I first came in, but it like hit me again for you guys. Like, um, you let your, I know Blake spoke about the, uh, the two sons last night, and the one son went off, and, you know, and the other son, the father said, um, well, all that I have is yours. And I literally feel like that you have actually grabbed hold of all that he has. You, you probably already know this, but, uh, but I just saw, saw this. 
And it was like in every picture and everything that you do here is like perfect. And, and like the pictures, it, it resonates what's going on here. It, it did to me. And I felt like Holy Spirit said like, this is a place of like, you know, you've seen the wine country and the, the fruit and the, and the vines and they're full of this huge fruit, but the flowers in the, the villages and, and the flowers and, and you stepped into, like you've literally stepped and said, These are, this is my inheritance and I'm gonna take it. But it's not a prideful thing. It's a thing of, this is mine and I feel like you have, and it's huge. You know, I, I don't think I've ever seen that in any place that I've ever been. And it's like, and I'm going, wow, this is wild. And uh, it's, just, it's just huge. I mean, you know, there's always more with God, of course. But, but this is, like, huge. And it's like when people come in, it's like they feel it, even though they may not know they feel it, but they feel it. And they're stepping in to this in huge, huge valley, like Napa Valley, whatever you want to call it. You know, that kind of, of, of culture of fruit and love and wealth there's such wealth here but there's also something else when when i woke up i'm sorry when i woke up um thursday morning um are you familiar with um roy fields do you, do you know who he is well anyway he, he wrote the song in the presence of angels and i felt like the lord said not only was this for the conference but this is the, where you live in the presence of angels because the angels bring the glory but it's a heaven um, earth connection like there's an open portal and and it's rich and it's wealthy and that's what this place is yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right. I had a word real quick for the gentleman in the white sweater with the gray color what's your name Micah. hello Micah <laughs> so um I am um, I see this angel standing behind you and it's holding this banner and it's a real, uh, this is a, way, a weird way to say it, but it feels like it's this real, like, big, thick, meaty, strong banner. Like, it's just, like, got real, th it's real thick wood that it's made out of, and it's got, like, this heavy cloth that's very rich-looking uh, that it's made out of. Like, it's really, really nice, and um, it's got, like, a lot of, a lot of reds and golds, and, um, and it's interesting because it's, it's so, such a strong banner and it's so, it, it, but it also looks like it'd be really heavy, like it'd be hard to carry around. And, but it, your angel has really big arms and he's really strong and he's, it doesn't, it's not, I would think it'd be very hard for me to carry, but he's just holding it with a lot of ease and a lot of rest. And I, I don't know what you do for work or what your kind of normal is, um, or even what your last name is, but I... <laughs> I, I feel like you've always been a natural leader, and you've always, in, in almost any environment that you find yourself in, it's, it's easy for you in a, in a very gracious and natural way to, to step into a role of leadership, and people naturally look at you that way and, and see that in you. And I just want to first encourage you that that's, that's a God-given gift. That's not you trying to get the limelight or anything like that. That's like the exact opposite of your personality, but it's just a grace that God's put on your life. And I actually feel that you're stepping into a season of him greatly increasing the, the, the weight and the author authority that that leadership, um, how, the, how people see that and how that, the kind of impact that that has in your environment. And I, I really want you to listen to the Holy Spirit on this because he's going he's gonna to guide you. But I do feel like there are some changes coming in, in your life and in the in the even some of the direction and structure in your life the the core values are staying the same but i feel like the some of the destinations might be by 
might be looking a little bit different. Listen to the Holy Spirit on that, and you know, I want you to follow him. But um, it's, it's not, it, from the outside, it might look like a bit of a left turn or like, a, okay, well, I've been doing this, and now it's kind of like this. But on the inside, it actually carries the exact same momentum and is actually the natural progression that God has had planned for, for what he's doing with you. And you'll feel that, even if on the outside it doesn't always make perfect sense. As soon as you kind of step into that, it's, you're going to feel it, and it's going to feel so right, and it's going to make so much sense. Um, and I, I really feel like the main goal with what the Holy Spirit's doing here is just to encourage you that those, those inklings, those leadings that he's giving, giving you, that is, that is him building you up and setting you up for that move and for, for that adjustment. And it is going to work because he's putting his weight behind it and he's putting his strength behind it. And even if there is some kind of like adjusting and even if there is a little bit of wavering in that, in that turn, just don't be afraid to lean in strong to that and keep going. Um, and the, the last thing there is, is I do feel that with this, um, there was a, uh, I'm going to say this very, very briefly, but there was a long period in my life where uh, every attempt that I made to share the gift that I had didn't go super great. Um, and that was because it wasn't time for me to be exerting who I was. It was time for me to be growing on the inside. And then a shift happened, and it was actually time for me to start exerting my gift. And it happened in a simple moment. It actually happened with the prophetic word. We were going down to our missions trip during school of ministry, and a friend of mine called on the radio. We're driving on a big caravan down to Mexico. And she got on the radio and giving me a prophetic word, a simple, simple prophetic word that would be maybe even a little bit generic, but it hit me like a ton of bricks, and I knew exactly what it meant, and it felt, I felt my entire life shift seasons, where she simply said, hey Blake, this word's for you, it's time to come out of the cave, and that was it, and I knew that it was time for me to start intentionally sharing my gift, and I, I had to start doing that. People didn't, and I was used to people co trying to coax me out, or trying to invite me out, or trying to get stuff out of me, but it shifted to okay, now it's my job to start asserting my authority. And I feel like you're coming to the season where it's, that shift is going to happen and it's time for you to start exerting your authority, which is awkward for you because you're a real humble guy and you don't, you don't like stepping on other people's toes. You don't like doing, you're, you're very, you, you think about that a lot. Um, but when God's grace is on it, you're not going to step on other people's toes. And because you think about that so much, you definitely won't be doing that. And people actually... Will, be, will feel honored and uplifted by the way that you lead. They won't feel like they're being pushed down or stepped on. So, yeah. Awesome. Is um, anybody first name or middle name Chelsea that's here? She left? You ruined it. I, th was, I, was, I was feeling prophetic, but um, <laughs> I did have a word for you, um, sir. When you yes, when you um, yesterday when you sat down, um, what's your name? Michael. Michael. Super cool. Um, when you sat down, I felt like um, I saw an anchor, kind of just like land almost through you, and like it was it, it was and it, and it anchored. It did what an anchor does. Um, so I just felt like, Lord, what's up with this anchor? I felt like you're an anchor of this house. 
Um, and then that vision transitioned into, I saw kind of like military stripes, bars, like you were, you were decorated. Um, so, you know, with those two things combined, I'm kind of processing and okay, Lord, I'm the one that if I have a word for you, I'm gonna go, like, I'm gonna go find you. I'm like, where are they at? But I felt like the Lord just maybe wanted to wait for this opportunity. Um, so I just feel like you're an anchor of this house. Um, you have things on your heart, um, that you carry that you want to release. I think that, um, there's a place that you want to go. There's a ministry idea and dream that you have. And I think because you're an anchor and because you're a general, because you're a decorated soldier in this community, in this house, um, that you're going to be released and blessed um, to go after those unique things that are just bent for you, that you see. Um, and it's going to be an enhancement to this house. It's going to be, yes, we want to champion you. Yes, we want to see, because that's going to be you bringing back a harvest. You've planted yourself and you've become so rooted and so humble in this house that as a son of the house, it brings nothing but the dad, and hopefully I'm speaking correctly, it brings nothing but the dad pleasure to be able to bless you and support you and watch the fruit that you, because you're a humble servant of this house, because you're so focused and anchored in this house, there's no um, intimidation or worry of you going out and, and, and kind of having fun and dreaming with God and doing some of your own things because we all know, the house knows that you're just coming back home and it's just going to be a harvest and it's going to be a richness um, that you add to the house. So I just, I encourage you in that. There's, there's something burning in you that you want to do. You know, and you feel like you've been waiting for that time and that season and I feel like God is just blessing you and saying, just go for it, bro. Like, you know this is home. They know this is your home. So just do what you love. Do something for a season. I'll wait. I'll, I'll, I can, yeah, yeah, I can wait. Maybe I'll, I'll you introduce me to Chelsea. Okay. And just to back up, piggyback. Oh, well, my camera really hot there. Um, just to piggyback off, said like, I feel like you have an incredible ability to latch on division. You have you have an incredible ability to kind of like what he was saying with the house to not only understand but comprehend others' vision and really just latch onto that and to the point of the to the point that their vision now becomes yours. And so now you're create becoming a co-laboring um, relationship together between the two people. So yeah. Yeah. And then Elizabeth, correct? Yes, I have work for you actually. You are such a spiritual warrior. Seriously, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous, seriously. <laughs> well, I was going to actually tell a story about that really fast. In the way of, if none of you were here this morning, she um, kind of led us really in a time of spiritual warfare. And so right at the point at the end when you're just going at it and calling stuff out, and it was ridiculous, you know. You're... you're all hordes, all hordes barred, like, you're just, like, going after stuff like crazy. And in my mind's eye, I look up at the stage, on the stage, in my mind's eye, I see this angel, and he's holding, are you guys familiar with, like, the William Wallace sword? Well, he had, like, this huge, except it was bigger than that. It was, like, a William Wallace sword, and as the intensity of your voice and the intensity of the room grew, it, the the sword became on fire. And as the intensity of your voice and the intensity of your, the room grew, the fire just became hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was, it was standing there like 
it could take some people out. <laughs> no joke. Like, I'm being serious. Like, it could just <laughs> mow everybody out if it wanted to. But it chose not to. It had all this power. It had the power of heaven at its disposal. But it chose not to. Because you were there. Yes. And I just also felt like I was asking, also asking him what else he had for you. And I felt like he said, like, the promises that he's promised you are coming. It's been a really long time, and you've, even you've specifically been questioning in a season of, or is this ever going to, you've promised me this, but is it ever going to come to pass? Because it doesn't really, honestly, right now, my situation right now, I love what I'm doing, but is it ever going to happen? But, and I just want to encourage you that it will. He will never give you a promise that will never return void. So, yeah. Okay, so I didn't finish your word because I was rattled that I had to go first. And it kind of threw me off. Sorry. <laughs> I left out the best part. The word wants you to know that you have um, been a leader in maximizing people's full potential spiritually. And that that's what you have done. You are um, setting an example of what it, of what it means to have the more. And to go for the more. You, this, this group, you're maximizing your full potential spiritually. It's because you're being led so well. So that was my point. Is that don't determine what's going on here with you guys by your numbers. But you're on the top of Mount Everest. You're on Mount Everest, guys. What's going on here is really good. Um, no, I haven't really revealed who I am, but I've traveled a lot. My husband's been an itinerant speaker for years. So I've been around, been to a lot of churches. I just want you guys to know you really got it going on here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you're, you're doing, you're, you're really leading well. So the next word I had was for your wife. Of course, I have to get the words for the pastors of the house. So that's always <laughs> the hardest ones to do. But you know what? We're, we're usually the ones that are most neglected because people are afraid to give the leaders of the house words. Is that not right? Mm -hmm. So my word was, the other word was for you. When um, it started as a sort of a vision that progressed, I saw you in the beginning, and I, I said, I'm, I'm assuming this must be in the beginning of when y'all were um, and first started in ministry, but I saw you at a plow, like an old-timey plow, like in olden days, like in the, the Old West. And you were um, just pushing that old plow, and you were just sweating and just worked hard in the heat of the day. And, like, you were just soaked with sweat when you were done. And I'm assuming that was you spiritually plowing up the ground and where you first started. And then you progressed. It's like every time I, every picture I got, you got a more modern plow, and it got a little bit easier. Until and then, um, now, then what I see you now spiritually, it's like you're in this big John Deere machine that has all of these <laughs> things tilling up the ground, and all those tills I believe are people are um, are because of people that you've dupli duplicated. You've duplicated yourself well, which is also something that 
not a whole lot of leaders do. And so when they're gone, they're gone because they didn't duplicate themselves. And you see, when you read about great revivalists and healing evangelists, they didn't duplicate themselves. But you do that well. You have a, and, and because of that, it's made your job easy. So you're sitting in the air-conditioned cab of the John Deere tractor. <laughs> so you're getting to, um, you know, reap the benefits of all your hard work. And I want you to know that you're leaving a legacy. So when, um, when you leave the planet, you're going to leave so many people like you that's plowing the ground because of how well you duplicated yourself. I forgot your name. Yes, Joseph. Okay, Joseph. So today I saw you um, like a pillar, a, a massive pillar. But then I saw around the pillow, pillar a, um, like a sponge. I could see you just soaking up, even just wisdom from unconventional things. I see you taking in, you know, different things that sometimes might be a little edgy, but you're taking in the meat, and I see just bones just flowing out of the, the sponge, and you're just soaking up and soaking up and soaking up. So I just encourage you to, you know, just soak up and... Don't just limit yourself to um, just all the spiritual stuff that comes because there's other wisdom that God's going to give you that has to do with um, leading, you know, the world in. And that is not necessarily just a spiritual thing, but, um, but that you can lead people just by being, you know, you can lead people into the kingdom. You can be the kingdom. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I have a word for the lady. You're wearing a white and gray striped sweater. You're in the back. Uh, what's your name? Oh. Leslie. Hello, Leslie. Do, would you mind standing up for me? Is that okay? <laughs> Thank you. Um, man, God's just really excited about you. <laughs> I, I'm just, you know... <laughs> I'm just kind of scanning the crowd and, you know, looking and, you know, the, the challenging part about a time like this is God really loves everybody and he has a lot to say to everybody. <laughs> so it's like, oh, this is hard. And I uh, was just kind of pa passing over, over you and I just saw this light come on and I heard like those, you know, like those semi-obnoxious but very uh, celebratory like little birthday, you know, thing like, you know, those, those birthday, you know, blower things. <laughs> and um, and I, I just feel the excitement of heaven over your life right now. I feel like you have been very, very faithful for a long time and you've been very, very faithful, faithful with the small things and that you have not despised the day, days of small beginnings. And those are all things that we would agree are good to do, but oftentimes even I forget to do them. And I feel like you, you have cherished the, the things that God has given you, and you have cherished the things that he has, he has put in your lap. And I feel like that you are, you are the servant who has taken, taken their talents and multiplied them. And I feel like you're going to be given cities, and you're going to be given authority. And I am... Um, I, I feel like that there's just going to be this, this season that's coming that 
is going to feel very, very shocking to you. The, the opportunities for, for favor, for input, and for authority that you have, and the opportunities to be a, a voice of authority in, in areas that you would not expect, in situations that you would not expect, that God is just going to set up divine appointments and you're going to be, even you may feel like, well, why, why am I here? <laughs> and why did that, how did I end up here? It's because you cherish the small things. And you've been tr- you were trusted with the little, and now he's trusting you with much. And, um, and the cool thing, too, is that you have such a pure heart towards God that cherishing, this, that cherishing these big things and stewarding these big things to you is really not going to feel that different than cherishing these small things because... You, you have done well in viewing things the way that he sees them. And so I just want to applaud you for that. <laughs> awesome. I, uh, just, just sorry to interrupt. I just have one word. Um, I also, I, I just felt a little bit of a prophetic word for all of the, all of the ladies in the, in the building today. So if I could actually just ask all the women to stand up real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this this is uh, a subject that that's dear to my heart, but I um I, did, I just felt the Holy Spirit kind of lifting it in in my mind, and um, if this if this uh, rubs you the wrong way or bothers you, we can chat about it afterwards. But I just <laughs> uh, <laughs> made everyone a little bit nervous. It's okay. Um, I I I feel like that there is just a a calling on women in the church, and that. Uh, and I feel like it's a calling on women in the church and on Christian women in the world. And in the same way that I feel that the church is being called into a, a new season of declaring God's goodness, I feel that women are specifically are being called into a new season of declaring God's goodness within the church and outside the church. And I, I feel like it's a... So... I feel like we've had a lot of good examples of what it's like for a, a masculine figure to lead in the church. And I think that sometimes, not always, but sometimes when there have been women that have been, uh, that are, are leading in the church, sometimes they do so because they are doing it in a masculine way. But I, I feel specifically a grace in this season on aspects of God's nature that are best seen through the perspective of a mother, through the perspective of a feminine perspective, that there are revelations that a typical masculine perspective wouldn't, wouldn't, their eye wouldn't naturally be drawn to that, wouldn't naturally pick that up. It's not that they can't see it or couldn't see it, it's just that that's not what they would pick out first, if that makes sense. And I just feel that God is, is placing a voice and bringing rise to a voice that's saying, hey, this is really important, and we've been walking by this for a little while. This is, this is part of God's heart, and it's deeply, deeply important that we start cultivating and protecting and, ri- and raising this thing. And so I am, if I could, I would just want to pray for you guys, if that's all right. And gentlemen, you can just kind of extend your hand in a ladyish direction. Um, Lord, I just thank you so much for these amazing, powerful women, Lord, that they, that they have served you and grown in relationship with you, Lord. And I just first release a blessing on every single voice in this room, Lord, that they would, um, that they would be able, that they would be um, anointed to speak your words, Lord. The words that you, you designed to be spoken from a feminine perspective, Lord. The words that you designed to be 
to be even hidden in, in a feminine perspective, Lord, that they would, I just release the mothers in the church and the mothers in the world, Lord, that there would be a, um, an authority, that there would be a divine mandate that, that, is, um, that is easy to participate with, that is easy to see how that fits in a way that, that isn't the, the, the false representation of women being powerful that has, sometimes been per in, that has sometimes been revealed in the world, that it would be one that is not, this is better or that's better, but say, hey, this is also important. This is also valuable. So I just release a grace to, to release the love of God from perspectives that have been neglected, from perspectives that have been left by the wayside, and that we would have a new and even more full picture of God's love and God's glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. Cool. All right. Um, I'm sorry. I can't remember your name. What is it? Jen? Um, from the moment I met you in the bathroom, walked in and instantly, <laughs> um, I saw like this just beautiful pearl with this iridescent, and it's not, you know, pearls are kind of white, but, but with you, it was just like this color, but it was the pearl. And I feel like, oh, cry. The Lord was honored. Like, you have stood the test of time. And that you are a pillar, like he said, like you literally are a pillar as well. But the Lord, I just feel this thing inside of me, like the Lord says, I want to honor her. I just want to honor her. And I feel like that he has something for you more. Like you, you're such a person of the word and you see revelatory things. I feel like the Lord is taking you to another level, but I also feel like the Lord is just like, I have something special for her, just for her. And I feel it's just so strong. I want to honor you. It's so awesome how God flows. Um, so um, right before Blake gave his word, I was feeling... Um, God, I see a lot of moms carrying around infants, and now dad, the infant got passed off to dad. Um, <laughs> it's really funny. Um, but I feel like there was a word for, like, the mothers um, who's literally, like, birthing or having children running around and scurrying around the church. Um, I feel like the Lord is saying um, to all of the moms with kids and, and having fun with that, that um, there is... There is, like, there, you guys are raising giants. I saw this picture. Yeah. I saw this picture of the Holy Spirit kind of taking these, taking these babies and planting them. Um, and then I saw them raise up to these immaculate redwood, huge trees. Mm -hmm. that, so as you have your kids planted it in his house, planted it in an environment, don't, they are getting ministered to. There is, their mm -hmm. spirit is as, as alive as ours are. You know what I mean? Their spirit is receiving the word of God, is receiving impartations from God. So when that child is at the, arrives to an age of maybe three, four, five, they're going to blow your mind. Um, of the revelation of God because you guys are, 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 are being diligent and patient. I know it probably takes a lot to sit in a service and be, you know, just cuddling this baby so that you can receive. But also know that that's a labor of love because your baby is receiving also. You know what I mean? God is ministering. Those seeds are being birthed. 
So when these kids come into their age, when they come into their right, they're going to be giants. They're going to blow your mind. And you're like, God, how are they giving a prophetic word at like such a young age? How are they prophesying, laying hands, healing? Because they were here. And you guys brought them here. So I just want to encourage all of the moms and in, 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 in that you guys are doing a miraculous work. Like you might not have ever taken that way. My, and the dads and the families, let me just bless the whole family. You guys are doing a miraculous work by dedicating them and, and focusing them and having them here. They are being reached and they're going to be supernatural for Jesus. Were you the girl that was sitting on the front row last night? You? Long hair? Me? No. The, little, the young lady there. You're not the same girl? Okay. Well, I still have it for you. <laughs> um, I feel like that you've questioned uh, if you are important to the Lord. And the Lord just wants to confirm that you're seen and that you're known. And that he loves saying your name. What's your name? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, of course. <laughs> he would love it. Her name's Serenity. What? Did I say it right? Yeah. Anyway, I just, um, yeah, just quick word. He just wants to just affirm you that he gets you, he knows you, he sees you, and um, to never doubt that. He, um, he just wants to settle that question in your heart so that you never have to ask it again. And then, Amy, I felt like the, I was supposed to, I had a word for you. I knew I was going to have one because you've just um, loved on us so well. I was just felt one just build and build, and I thought I was going to give it to you in private. But I feel like I just want to, I want to give it to you publicly because I want to honor you. I feel like what the Lord was showing me was that you were a hidden treasure and that you've been... She's so awesome. She's really <laughs> touched my heart. <laughs> you've really touched my heart since I've been here, since the, you picked me up at the airport. But you have um, been hidden away for a long time. You were hidden away in a boarding school in Africa. You've been hidden away in a lot of areas of your life. But the Lord wants you to know it's that you're all the hiding was so on purpose because you were a hidden treasure. And the way I see people find you, I see like, um, it's almost like if you've ever seen the amazing race and you see people looking at these maps, you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You know how they, how they look when they're looking for the treasure? Well, I feel like the Lord's going to use you like that in the spirit realm for people that are so looking for God. Like, who am I? Where is God? What's my calling? What am I supposed to do? Where am I, you know? Th those people, um, those maps are leading to you. You're going to be one of those treasures along the way on the, on their, on the great race for them to find God. Because you have so much inside you. You really are a profound um, young lady. But I feel like that that's how the Lord is going to use you spiritually, that you're just going to pop up in people's lives and they're going to have this feeling like you're exactly what I was looking for because you're going to speak into them um, clues and insight and revelation to who they are because that's what you carry. 
Yeah, as soon as she said that um, picture about the um, you being the buried or missing one, you know, I immediately saw a picture of, I wasn't exactly sure what the consistency of it was, but I saw a huge, just kind of like, almost kind of like, like you know how tall landfill mines kind of are? It was that size. It was like, if you, I don't know, I was going to say it's like the size of Stone Mountain, but you guys wouldn't know that because we're in Canada. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, so huge pile of rocks to cut to the chase. Um, and I feel like you're the little gem that's in the very bottom of this huge stack of rocks. And what these last three years I've been doing here is slowly taking off the rocks off the pile and scattering them out mm -hmm. until they reach down and find that gem. Because that's who you are. And you just spread, and you also, but only, you also have the innate ability to be able to almost, how do I explain it? Almost chisel off a piece of the gem and give it and stick it inside others, but it's not chiseling off you at all. Yeah. It's like you're replicating yourself. You're, it's kind of like what you said a minute ago. You're, it's like you're very good at duplicating yourself. You know, that's that's what you do. That's what that's what you thrive at. You know. So yeah. Yes. And the um, I had one more for the gentleman with the video camera. That's right on the video camera right here. What was your name again? You told me earlier, but yes. Oh dear, I feel like we are kindred spirits here. <laughs> I think they can testify to that. But I am basically you at Bethel. Um, it has felt very odd not having any responsibility this weekend. But um, anyway, this isn't about me. Um, or is it? Um, <laughs> um, I just want to really just encourage you and just speak to you that you are not overlooked. They love what you do. And I felt like when I was asking you about you, he said that you're going to be a major player in making this church a lighthouse for the entertainment industry. And so this, this I feel like this, there's certain churches around the U.S. and now the see Canada that are going to be just these lighthouses around the world really that are gonna shine towards the entertainment industry, and you're gonna be a major player in that. Yes, and I also felt like he said, the first thing he actually got for that was, he said, tell him don't be afraid to ask. Because I feel like if I can speak from my own standpoint, I feel like I've, I've personally had not an issue or problem with that, but that's something for me that's very hard to do, is to ask for things. And so I would just encourage you that as we kind of walk through this together, you know, don't be afraid to ask for things, you know, because why would he give you any less than his best? So, yeah. Yeah. Amy. <laughs> yeah, I had one already, so I'm going to give it to you. Um, I just saw you, you saw, um, today while we we're having lunch, a video of Jen Stockman. I see that her, the anointing that she carries on you, 
which is a she is known for just being a lover of God. I mean, she carries so well everywhere she goes. It just it just spills over onto everybody she's around. Um, just the love of God, and I just see that so much on you. And I see you rising up in this place because you've been such a great servant and such a great follower. I see you rising into a leadership position, and I just want to bless that on you. And don't be so humble that you say, no, not me. It is you because you, you've served us so well this week. And I just, you know, you just deserve it. And the whole team, all the girls and the guys, have really been amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, a little something else I got on the tail end of the conveyor belt. So I kind of mentioned there was fruit, and then I kind of got another part of that. I just see you giving your best, like you're putting your best fruit on the conveyor belt and just sending it to heaven. And on that, there are pieces that are falling off. So the people that are close are getting good stuff. Like, stay close to the house. Because the, the, what's, you know, falling off the conveyor belt, because there's so much stuff, it all cannot just fit. It's just kind of spilling over. And I see people in the community picking it up and enjoying the fruits um, of the house as well as the people in the house. So, yeah. 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 yeah, go for it. So I'm assuming this is for a lot of people, so I'm going to have people stand. Because I um, kept getting the word over and over, but it wasn't for a specific person. So if you are in the room and you have a business idea that has been churning in you. Maybe you make something. Maybe you have a, want to provide a service, but, um, but you haven't launched it yet. Is there anybody that just raise your hand that's in that position? Oh, lots of people. Well, how about you stand, and I'm going to pray over you mm-hmm. and bless that. Yeah. Before I pray, I want to say one thing. I feel like that for one, for, um, one of you, this is going to be a, like your retirement career. And um, it's going to fund your retirement. And for a younger one of you, this business is going to fund your the education. So um, lift your hands like you're ready to receive. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you gave us hands to set to the plow, Father God. And it says in your word that you bless the work of our hands. And so, Father, I bless these hands that are all extended, Father God, in a, um, a position to receive. Father, I pray that you would just download a gift from heaven, tools, wisdom, Father God, to launch these businesses. And Father God, I pray for more creative ideas. I pray that you would give them dreams in the nighttime how to construct and put these things together that you've put in their heart. And, Father, maybe they think that, they're, um, they have, that what they want to do could never really make any money. And, Father, I pray that you would just, the Holy Spirit, you would just come and pull out that lie out of their minds that, and, the, and the fear of success. Lord, I just pray that against all fear of success and all fear of failure, 
in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, I thank you that there's going to be businesses flow out of this house. Father God, so they can pour back into the house and bring increase. Father, I thank you that these are so, all these people are so powerful that what they do doesn't just affect their own lives, that there is a rollover effect. And I pray that this, um, that you would not only bless them, but they in turn would be able to bless others and encourage other people to launch their dreams in the name of Jesus. All right, so my word is for the online community. Um, I feel like um, all around the house, you probably can't see it, or maybe it's online somewhere, maybe it's on the, the church's website, but all around this house, there's like signs that say you matter. Um, there's people wearing t-shirts that say you matter. Um, I feel like there's, a, there's, there's people on the online community right now that's saying, I wish I was there. I would really like a word. Um, or you want to get connected? Well, I just want to encourage you that you are connected. Um, and you are here. You do matter. Um, the fact that you decide to spend your time, sit and sow into yourself, allow God to minister to you through the ministry that comes on through this online community, that you are doing something significant by saying, I'm making a sacrifice. I really want to get this. So the online community, you do matter. You are so connected to this body, to this house. They really do care about you. And most importantly, God wanted you to know that he cares about you and he sees you so don't feel like you're not a part don't feel like you wish you could be here because you are 100% here in faith because you decided to plug in and to connect so I just want to encourage you guys and love you guys and thank you so much for plugging in and watching because you do matter and you are plugged in mm -hmm. yeah. awesome. mm. all right I just felt um one more thing I feel like we're gonna shift gears here um, and I, I saw this picture, um, and so this is going to require a little bit of group participation, if that's okay with you guys. And we'll, we'll wrap up after this, and if in the middle of this you need to go and get your kids or things like that, don't, don't feel stressed, you can, you can feel free to go. Um, but could I get a little bit of piano action, maybe? Just give her a hand. <laughs> For this, just bringing the Holy Spirit. Um. So I saw, um, as we were doing all these, these words, I saw angels carrying uh, easels. Easels? The thing you put the painting stuff on? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, behind everyone. I uh, saw uh, canvases being set up behind each person. And every single person. And every single person has a different size canvas. Every single canvas is a different shape. Some of them have a starter painting, like the first background layers you know, painted. And some of them have some rough shape. None of them are finished. Some of them are completely blank. Um, and, uh, but, uh, and, and some of them are, you know, have, have at least like, oh, I can start to guess to maybe what it is. But again, none of them are complete. And I just felt like there is a, um, you know, identity in Christ is this thing that we always talk about. It's something you've probably heard, especially if you grew up in the church, you hear it a lot. And again, it's one of these terms that you hear so often that you get told is important so often that it can be really easy to get the idea that it's important into our heads, but really difficult to be like, hey, what does that actually mean? You know, what, is that, what does that mean in a concrete way? And I, it's, I understand why a lot of teachers, including myself, have a hard time really narrowing down what that is, because I believe that identity in Christ is something that's completely unique to every single person on this planet. 
who God has made you to be, the very core, the very center of who God made you to be is something that's so unique and so individualistic that it's, it's actually difficult in a lot of ways for someone to give that to you, you know? It's something that has to be discovered. It's something that has to be found. It's something that I believe happens over a great period of time. And I think this, this canvas that's showing up behind each person is a representation of that. That for some of you, maybe you, you don't really know what your identity in Christ looks like at all. That's something that you don't, you don't really have any picture of. It. Some of you, you got that background color, you know, you've got that, that, those first few shades of the, the tone and the, the feel of it. And some of you, it's got some shades, it's got some texture. It may be, be, even be able to bring some concrete, you know, ideas of, oh, I feel like it has to do with this. I feel like it has to do with that. But, um, I want to encourage you first that whatever stage you feel that you are in that process, you're, you're not behind. This is a long masterpiece that God is painting that will be added to and touched up and, and in some ways changed and transformed many times throughout your life. I don't, I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but as, as I understand it, when they've done uh, scans on the Mona there are several different iterations of that painting that are in the layers of paint underneath the, the painting that we currently have. There's, I don't remember what the number is off the top of my head, but there's lots and lots of different versions of that painting because it was touched up, it was changed, it was transformed, it was altered, it was little this, little that, little more of this, little less of that, again and again and again and again and again. And now it's one of the most famous masterpieces in all of art. So I want to encourage you, whether you feel like you have a really clear picture or a really, um, uh, really empty picture of what that is, um, I just feel like we're going to take a moment here to lean into that a little bit. And what I'm going to ask you to do here in just a moment, and, and so not, not quite yet, I'm going to ask you to stand up and just find a different place in this room to be. <laughs> Whether that involves coming up here, whether that involves just standing in the aisle, whether that just means just moving over a couple chairs, whatever it is, I feel like there's something to the action of reorienting yourself. And we're just going to stay in God's presence for a moment and pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to declare some things over you guys, and if that feels like that's part of your painting, if that feels like a, a stroke or a, or a splash of color that belongs in your painting, I just want you to on that with the Holy Spirit. I believe that at the same time, the Holy Spirit's going to be saying things to you. It might just start as a sketch. It might start as just a background feeling. It's not anything specific, but it's just this, this tone, you know? That's okay. Whatever he's doing, however he's saying it, that's the right thing for right now. It might be a time of great clarity where there's just a snapshot, you know? It might be a moment where you get oh, this is the picture, this is the model that I'm going after, you know? However it works for you, I just want you to take a little bit of time to start honing in on that picture. And I'm going to invite the, the students here. If you guys start getting a word for someone out there, you feel free to go down and whether that's just, that's just laying hands on them or whispering that word into their ear, you guys feel free to do that and just move about the room. Um, so I'm going to pray real quick, and then I'm going to have all of you guys stand and just find a different place to be in the room. If you need to lay down somewhere, if you need to come kneel at the altar, if you, whatever you feel like you, you need to do to kind of get in that mindset, to get into that moment, 
I want you to do that. So, Lord, I just thank you so much for these people, Lord. I thank you for this time just of, of encouragement, of, of pressing in to our identity in Christ, of pressing in to the good things that you have to say about us, Lord. I just ask that all the words that were spoken, that they would be sealed deep in the, in the soul of every person that they were spoken over, that they would be fountains of life and fountains of direction and fountains of clarity throughout the rest of their life. And as we step into this stage of, of taking some of those words that we just received and adding them to our portrait of, of, of listening to the Holy Spirit for a few more brush strokes to add to that painting, we just ask for open ears, open hearts, and open minds, God. All right, so everyone, just take a second and stand up. And whatever that means to you, just find a different spot to be in in the room. And again, you're welcome, you're welcome to come up here and fill up this space. You're welcome to lay down somewhere. You're welcome to just find another spot to sit. That's totally fine. with that, that's awesome. If that, if the Holy Spirit's talking to you, then just ignore me completely. That's totally fine. Yes, Lord. So, Lord, right now, we just humbly come before you, Lord, and ask God that you continue to reveal who have you made us to be, God.
every mishap, every mistake, every issue that's come up.
saw some of you like grab grab the brush, Jesus, start start a painting. And I heard him say, I want you to start. That's a good 